The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus went through one town and village after another, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? Jesus said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. Once the owner of the house has got up and shut the door, and you stand outside and begin to knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us, then in reply he will say to you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I do not know you. I do not know where you come from. Go away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrown out. Then people will come from east and west, from north and south, and will eat in the kingdom of God. Indeed, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. We continue reading in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. We're now in chapter 6. Paul has been talking about relationships within the family and in the Lord. So yesterday, he talked about husbands and wives in the sacrament of marriage and how with that mutual submission to each other, they're really submitting to Christ so that in a good Christian marriage, Christ is right there with the couple and they are intertwined. Now he's going to expand that to the broader family, children in relation to their parents and so forth. And again, he makes that point, and I'll just quote the verse, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. He means it is righteous. So again, for Paul, when children obey their parents, they're really obeying Christ. Again, there's that intertwining of Christ within these relationships that are so central, not only to society, but to the church. He will go on to say, parents, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There we have the dignity and the privilege of parents to bring their children up in the faith and to teach their children in the Lord. All this now Jesus in the gospel will bring to a head because unfortunately someone asked Jesus, Lord, will only a few be saved? The implication there is, well, I'm saved, but what about those others? Jesus is going to reverse all of that and get down into what really matters. He says, strive. He's addressing the person who asked the question, which is basically all of us. Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will try, will not be able to enter. Now, why is there the striving necessary? Because when the door is narrow, you can't try to come in with all kinds of baggage, things that you want to bring ahead of Christ. So whatever it is, addictions, sin, possessions, anything that is in priority to Christ that we try to bring with us won't get us through the door. So there's a sense of detachment. 
And not a detachment in sort of dejection, but God knows that when we do detach ourselves from these things, our joy increases because the relationship with Christ is more pure. And then the entering through the narrow door will indeed be facilitated. Now he goes on to say that once the door is shut, it's locked from the inside, and it's too late then to start knocking. This is a hard saying, and Luke has many of these hard sayings that he quotes Jesus. And Jesus says, you can stand outside and knock all you want and say, Lord, open to us. But he will reply, I do not know you. Again, there's the relationship. Is Christ intertwined in our life in such a way that everything we do is in relationship with Christ? And that covers every aspect of our lives. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here and you understand this, but again, it's important for us just to deepen that relationship ever more so that it becomes very apparent to anyone that's in relationship with us that Christ is first in our lives. Again, Jesus says, I do not know where you come from, and then you will begin to say, we ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. Notice the words there. We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. There's sort of that surface knowledge. They know about Jesus. He was with them. But there's no sense of, did you respond to the teaching? Did that eating and drinking actually change your life? And again, Jesus says, I do not know where you come from. Well, Jesus is eating and drinking with us every day and teaching us every day. Now again, you're here, so you understand that. And we've come to eat and drink with Christ and to hear his teaching. But there's always that challenge for us to take that sacrament of the Eucharist and the teaching, liturgy and word, and allow it to deepen ourselves so that we detach from anything that can get in the way of us making Christ first in such a way that it becomes obvious to everyone that we're in relationship with how joyful, how life-giving is our relationship. So that others who are trying in some way to find that joy will ask us, why are we so joyful? And then we give the response. We're in relationship with Christ through prayer and scripture reading and our charitable giving and all of that. Christ is first. A joyful set of readings for us today and a good reminder that we're here by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Let's thank God. Let's praise his name with joy and say, yes, I know Christ. And I will try to know him even more deeply.